My purpose is to enjoy life here for a short time, got to enjoy it, and hopefully inspire and help others to enjoy life as well. Welcome to the Purposeful Story Podcast, where we interview entrepreneurs, drivers, and social impactors who use purpose as the driver to achieve greatness. My name is Kobe Mponsa, and I'm here to provide you with priceless value that will last a lifetime. So let's get right into it. So today we have Gwen Elliott, who is the ultimate course guru. She is a senior course producer at Shopify, and and she also is the owner of Gwen Elliott International, where she helps experts create online courses and workshops. Gwen is also a former producer for the Oprah Winfrey Network, um, and she's been featured on many different media outlets, such as Forbes, Globe and Mail, The Star, and many others. Um, Gwen, at this point, I think you've reached over 600,000 people with your co-created courses. You've done an amazing job. And, and I'm, I'm even in the midst of trying to work on building my own course to, to provide it to the Purposeful Story family. So I, I definitely have to reach out to you. Your stories, I, I really want to hear your story because the journey that I've seen you go on is just very powerful. And I think we could gain a lot from it. So thank you for coming on the show today. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Kobe. And yeah, feel free to, I'm happy to share anything I can to help you and your community create your course. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk. Let's go. <laughs> all right. All right. So Gwen, right now in this moment, how are you feeling? Honestly, I'm going moment to moment these days. And right now, excellent. I am very appreciative to talk to you and uh yeah i'm just energized and excited to be here great to hear where were you born and raised born in toronto then immediately moved to a small house in a small town that didn't have running water for six months it was in a town called brecon then moved to another small town called beaverton uh, which i grew up there for my whole life until i was 17 and went back to Toronto to go to university and I never really left. Mm. So taking it back, I've heard of Beaverton before, um, but I didn't hear of, what was it? Brecon. 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 Yeah. Where, where's that? I have no idea. Uh, somewhere up North. <laughs> <laughs> and how, like how old were you? Were you to like, what, what age were you living in, um, in that area? Like what age? Zero to six months. Okay, uh, got you. You know, my, my parents have never told me like the full story other than they needed a place to live. And so I believe that house in Brecon was a cottage and it was, they, they used it for six months to like raise me. But imagine being a new, like a new mom and not having running water. I don't know how my mom, you know, did managed it i mean people around the world do but still i'm just if it was me i'd be like i need a shower <laughs> <laughs> wow that's i mean that's there's definitely some resilience in your family that's for sure i mean yes 
it's all relative, but yes. <laughs> cool. So, um, Toronto, you moved to Toronto and what age did you move to Toronto? Like what, what age were you? Yes. So I, you know, as someone that grew up in a small town, but my parents were, grew up in Toronto. I knew like I was kind of built for that big, big city energy and growing up was, didn't have internet or cable. So I also got some ideas of what I wanted to do through like the three channels that I had and TV always sounded like a really exciting, interesting opportunity. So when the chance to go to school came up, I decided I want to see what's going on in this TV biz. And Toronto is pretty much the biggest area for media in Canada. So I went for it, came back. And it's, it's interesting because you're saying, you know, you, you didn't grow up around a lot of TV or anything like, but you went to school for something that you didn't grow up around a lot. You know, you, you didn't grow up. You didn't, <laughs> that's very, that's very interesting. Weren't you, were you afraid to do something like that? Yes. However, so one of the good things about paying for school yourself, so my parents was, weren't able to, you know, pay for school for myself and all my sisters. So I got the unique opportunity to take on the student loan debt and choose what I wanted to do. And so I thought, you know what, I just got to go for it. And if I truly look back at that time, I saw people that were on TV or working in the TV or media world, they always looked happy and looked like they enjoyed their jobs. So it's kind of a naive reason to want to go into an industry, but that was really the seed that was planted and why I wanted to go into this space. Hmm. So I know you went to Ryerson. I'm, I'm also a, an alumnus of Ryerson as well. And you Woo. were in Rye High, Rye High. Yes. <laughs> and I know you were part of the radio and television program at Ryerson. I know it's, I know it's one of the best like radio and television programs, I think in Canada. Uh, maybe even North America, you know, one could argue. Um, but when you graduated, what was, what was your most immediate focus? Like, did you want to be a TV host? Like, where were you thinking? Where was your mind at? So in my final year of university, I spent the rest of my student loan money, like all of it, on an internship at MTV in California in their series development department. So my immediate focus was I wanted to make TV shows and while I was there, I was there, ended up being almost, I think it was almost six months I was living in California. Now, you need to know that this was not fancy. This was before Airbnb, and I was renting a corner of an apartment that I found on Craigslist. Wow. <laughs> there was like six or seven international students living in this place, and uh you know, it wasn't glamorous, but I was a walk to the MTV building so it could mm -hmm. work. Um, so at the end of that internship, I pitched a couple executives some ideas for shows and I felt, I was like, oh, maybe they'll pick it up. No, they didn't. But they, I also had a chance to interview at the Oprah Winfrey Network right when it was starting. So one of the assistants at MTV to one of the executives, he had a former boss that was hiring at the Oprah Winfrey Network and he referred me for a job interview there. So I thought, oh, great. I'm going to graduate from Ryerson and I'm going to get my dream job of working for Oprah. However, <laughs> that didn't go quite as planned because it was an entry-level job and it was during the time of the 2009 recession. And so I basically 
didn't get the job and then had to move back home with my parents to try and figure out what the heck am I going to do next. So that was a bit of a tough time. But uh, so short answer is I wanted to make TV shows back in the day. All right. And right after you, you finished that internship, you still wanted, did you still want to make TV shows? Yes. And so I decided to do it in Toronto. So what, what I decided to do was get a job to fund the dream and then make a show on the side. So I ended up getting jobs in the restaurant business, like as a hostess at a steakhouse and a hostess at then a fancier restaurant to make money to try and pay rent. And then on the side, I was working on creating a TV show. So I ended up coming up with an idea called Start Something Big, where I'd interview entrepreneurs about how they started in their careers. And I found an email to someone at a local cable network on LinkedIn, emailed them and said, hey, can I pitch you a show idea? And they ended up letting me get in there. And I got to pitch a show idea to the head of the local cable network. And they ended up saying, yes, you can make your show. Uh, So I didn't get paid to do it. It was all volunteer and experience, but getting to getting that opportunity to make a show and it ended up being a couple seasons really helped make, help me get more connections and break more deeply into the TV industry. Hmm. That's, that's interesting. You, it seems like the way you're talking, it just seems like it was, it was easy for you. It's like, I just emailed the person who was part of the organization. And then I like, did you go through any hardships trying to go through this route? Like, it just seems like, like, do you, it just seems like you just, it was like a step-by-step process for you almost. Was it, was it like that? I am, I am sorry. I am making this seem like, oh yeah, I just emailed them. And oh yeah, I just yeah. made a TV show. Listen, this is not how it went down. Um, <laughs> I actually, it took about, I think four months. And what I would do is every day I would write down five small actions I was taking to get closer to my goal. And so I was trying five different things every single day. And one of those things was find the station manager at the local cable network and email them. And I'm pretty sure I emailed them multiple times. This wasn't like, oh, one email, great, I'm in. And it it took some time. So you're totally right. I'm making this seem way too easy. Uh, so thank you for stopping me. <laughs> Took some time. That's for sure. I'm, I'm actually, I'm reading, uh, well, I'm not reading. I'm listening to the audio audible of Grant Cardone's 10 X. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's basically what you did. you you were 10 Xing your efforts, you know, instead of sending, cause you, you said you, you first said, you said you sent one email, but I'm like, just to accomplish what you just accomplished. It's, that doesn't take one email. It definitely takes at least 10 and you, you describe, you're describing the 10 X method. You were 10 Xing your efforts, efforts pretty much. So um, yeah, comm- I commend you on that for sure. It's a, I, I feel like a part of me still wishes I, I had that. I guess it's still within me, but the energy to be so clear on the goal and then take very specific action every single day and document it to build that momentum Uh yeah, nowadays it's not quite like that, but you know, it's if someone has a goal now, I honestly would say do something similar to that. Clarity on the goal, and then break it down into smaller pieces and take action on it every day. Absolutely, powerful stuff. Now, you know, just looking at your career, 
you were focused on making TV shows, um, producing shows, but now you're at a point where you are, you, you've transitioned, right? You've transitioned to the point where you're, you're focusing on courses, right? When you developed Gwen Elliott, um, when you developed your company, was the company strictly developed to develop courses? Like, was that the main focus or did you want to start off with something else at the beginning? Yes. So the origin story of that is when I had this local cable show, Start Something Big, and I wasn't getting paid any money for it. I thought, you know what? This is, this is truly not sustainable to work at restaurants and make a TV show. I would love to find a way to actually get paid to make content. So I went to the internet, went to Google, and started to research to see how other TV show owners or creators make money. Like, how do you actually genuinely make money with this? And I came across an entrepreneur. His name is David Seitman Garland. And he, his story really resonated with me because he also had a local cable show in his town um, in, in the States. I'm now forgetting the exact state, but, uh, and he was able to turn that, that show idea into an online course and it was extremely successful. So that planted the seed of, oh, online courses. What is this about? I'd never really thought about it or heard about it before. So he planted that seed. And then the way I actually got to creating a company was I had this one opportunity where back when I was trying to figure out, okay, how do I make, how do I make money in a lifestyle and a business? I don't know. Yeah. I went to a lot of different leadership conferences, networking events, trying to meet people and talk to people. And I met this amazing author in Toronto at a, a leadership, like personal development event. And she, we started talking and she found out that I had made TV shows in the past. And she said, Hey, I want to make an online course. Do you think you could produce it for me? And I thought, Hmm. I mean, I think with my knowledge I've been learning about online courses and my TV background, I think I could do it. Yeah. So that was back in 2012. And that was uh, the first course I made with a, a local author and expert in the nutrition space. And then over the years, uh, I didn't even still know it would be a full-time job to make online courses. And I just had made made about four courses with people. But then in 2017, I discovered Shopify was hiring for a course producer. And I thought, oh my God, this is wow. like a dream job scenario. So Shopify hired me. That wasn't, <laughs> I could break that process down. That was not <laughs> as easy as applying. Um, and then uh, on the side, I make courses and decided to start fully incorporate only this year, actually. I'd been a sole proprietor for many years, but finally went all in on the company this year. And how did you, how did you get Shopify to, because I've interviewed a, quite a few people from Shopify and I know their, their process of hiring people is very, uh, it's very detailed. You know, it's very thorough. But you didn't like before you, you, you took, did you have actual experience teaching a lot of courses and creating a lot of courses? So before working at Shopify, so after I made that first course, the nutrition course, yes, I'd still been building uh, my business and trying to work with more experts. And I'd made four courses before applying to Shopify. So I had 
And Shopify, when they were hiring a course producer, I think they were trying to decide between hiring somebody who might have been double my age and had made a ton of courses or someone like myself who was young and scrappy and could figure it out. And they decided to go with more of the, I'll figure it out, even though I'm not the world-class expert yet person. Um, and it, it's been a whirlwind ever since. Interesting. That's, that's powerful. That's powerful. And that's a testament to the company. It seems like their Shopify is always hiring people who are very entrepreneurial. Like it's, you got, you got, you got an entrepreneur and then you got a bunch of entrepreneurs within Shopify. So it's, 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 I, I definitely see why shop and even um, Toby Luca's story is powerful in itself. And you can see that resonate throughout the entire company. So it's, it's very powerful for sure. It's pretty amazing. Most of my coworkers have their own company. One of the most inspiring people I work with, her name is uh, Samantha Renee, and she teaches the Getting Started with Shopify course. It's been taken by hundreds of thousands of people. It's totally free. And uh, I was trying to find somebody internally to teach that course, going through a lot of, I'm like, who's going to teach this? Who can I talk to? And then I found Samantha, and she had a six-figure side hustle. I'm like, What? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, this is your side hustle? Oh, uh, can you teach this? So, and she, now we're actually on the same team. It's actually a cool story. We're like, truly coworkers now, but uh, yeah, there, I have a lot of successful colleagues. It's wild. Wow. Well, at the end of the day, you know, successful people find other successful people. That's, that's the way I always see it. So with you being, you know, I consider you to be a, a mastermind when it comes to creating courses. And the reason why I say that is because um, you've, you've reached a level of mastery, right? You've, you've hit that, that 10 year mark, or you're at least close to it anytime. Yeah, and I'm a, I'm a classic fan of, of outliers, right? Once you hit that 10 years of doing something consistently, you've, you've mastered it. But one thing I want to talk about is um, with courses specifically, and even me just thinking back, right? I've had teachers in my life who have taught courses um, and there's some who are extremely knowledgeable, but they don't know how to teach properly, right? Can, any, can everyone teach a course or is it not for some people? Like what's your, what's your take on that? Ooh, everyone's a teacher. Maybe not everyone is a phenomenal online course teacher. Mm -hmm. um, I find that there are some people who are a teacher at heart and I don't know how to explain how to get there, but here's how I would explain if you, if you feel like you know a teacher at heart or you are one. When I jump on calls with people who want to teach a course at Shopify, if I talk to them and I truly feel like they're able to break down complex topics into simple, in, so it's simple for someone like myself now to understand or if they are just so excited about a topic, like say Google ads, which I didn't know much about, but after talking to this person about Google ads, I'm like, oh my God, I need Google ads. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's like an enthusiasm about the person. Um, and you know what? It's also, but, so the, to answer your question, everyone can teach. It's just a matter of practice too. Um, it, it's funny too, like say when you listen to a podcast, for example, I've been recently thinking of Tim Ferriss's podcast. If you go back and listen to the first interview, 
he sounds 100% different than what he does today. So if you create a course today, it will be 100% different from the course you create two years from now. So I think get out there, get some practice, put yourself out there, learn, launch and learn, uh, and keep growing. So anyone can do anything. Uh, just got to believe you can do it and put yourself out there. Good point. Very good point. What's your favorite course of all time? Is it even if we're just thinking elementary school, high school, university, any maybe a certification you took? What, what's the best course, most memorable course you've ever taken? Great question. So I would say, honestly, the course, the reason I'm going to say this course is because I use it in my everyday work. It was actually a Harvard, a Harvard course um, in their extension school. And it was simply an introduction to online course building course. It was a course about courses. <laughs> and the reason why I would say it was so good is it just it was a three month course. It was so in depth, such great people in the course from all walks of life. The instructor was such an expert at what she did. I just like found that course to be so helpful and it's helped me teach more people to make better courses. Uh, but I find in the course world, there is fancy like marketing courses first. And then there's a true like e-learning instructional designer kind of people who might not have the flashy marketing, but they have the background. So personally, I'm trying to be somebody that's in the middle where I can market it and make it fun, but also uh, it, it is really rooted in e-learning principles and can help people transform whatever they want to learn in the course. All right. Fair enough. And Harvard. So that was on the online business school. Oh, well, okay. Got you. Got you. And what are, what are some of the, cause you were, you mentioned that in that course, you see people from all walks of life. What were some of the things in like in the class and the students that you noticed was like, wow, like I can't believe this is what you're doing. This is the type of course that you create that really stuck out to you. Same with the, the group of people. It was really interesting that, um, there were people, I think everyone was a little bit intimidated when we first started. It's like, oh, this is a Harvard course. Like, what do you expect? Oh my God. And then part of the great thing about the course was there was group learning. And when you get in a group with people, people just get real and they're like, okay, I really don't understand this. What is she talking about? Uh, <laughs> and it was so refreshing to be in a course where you're like, oh, it's Harvard. But at the same time, everyone's regular people just trying to learn some were school teachers some were entrepreneurs some were like well uh what do you call it just true experts in e-learning that just wanted to sharpen up their skills and they were literally from all over the world like india all over the u.s uh there's a few people from europe it, it was cool from canada whoa so uh I'll, you know if you can't you should definitely check out some of uh, you know the big Ivy League schools. They do create courses that are more affordable that are from their extension school that you might people might be interested in checking out. Got you. Okay. So one thing I want to ask you as well is that you know you've you've gone through this long period right of just mastering courses. You've reached this mastery level. Um, but what I want to know is. What I want to know is, is why, right? Because you've been doing it for so long and there has to be a deeper reason why you've been doing it for so long. There's only, there has to be a deeper reason. Like, what is that reason? What's the reason behind what you're doing? Tell us, tell us about that. Education is truly a key to freedom. 
whether you're, no matter what your background is, if you can teach yourself a new skill, you can completely change your life and the lives of your family and your friends. And so it's, a, it's an incredible key to change your life. It's also limitless. In the e-learning space, there's no ceiling. Uh, somebody who I admire as a virtual mentor, she has sold 50,000 spaces in her, in her flagship online course, and she sells it for $2,000. Wow. So I did some math, and I think that's $100 million in revenue <laughs> on one course. Jeez. That's like life change, generational changes will happen if you can generate that much money. I know it's not all about money. She is also a very purpose-driven person, but it's just like, wow, that's possible. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, it's also fun. No matter if you're, you know, 20 year old person or you're 60 year old retiree, everyone does have something they want to teach. And it's more accessible than ever to teach what you know. So it's an exciting time to be in e-learning. I definitely agree with you. And that's why I'm so excited about this interview as well, because I work in the health tech space full time. Um, but I work on the training and implementation side of things. And um, with technology now, I was responsible at one of the organizations for onboarding virtual care in the entire hospital. And it's wow. very interesting how, like the way the pandemic has, has, has come about, it's forced people who aren't used to technology to actually get used to it or really, really get left behind. Um, so, I'd have to break down simple things like Zoom, what buttons to click on, what a double click is, like from a basic, basic foundation. And it's, it's, really, it's really an art, right? Like, and I found out that, and I'm kind of ranting here, but I found out that if you're not able to explain a concept to a little child, like for them to understand, then maybe you're not ready to deliver that type of content because you need to be able to break it down in multiple ways for people to understand. So, um, yeah, I can, I can definitely relate how it's cross-generational and it's, there's no ceiling to it. I can definitely relate on that aspect. You bring up a really great point. There is a book called Make It Stick, which talks about different um, when you're learning different skills, there's different levels of complexity from simple to complicated to complex. And sometimes we make really complex tasks. We try and make it really simple. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes there's simple tasks that we try, we make a little bit too complex in our teaching. So for example, if you want to start a business, um, there are very simple, and you want to use Shopify to build a business. There are some very simple tasks you can do. Um, say if you want to write a blog, it's very easy to just type in the title and the content, but it's actually more complex to write a post that's SEO optimized and is targeting the right customers and you have the right image and all these kind of things. So that's something to just for your listeners to maybe check out is make it stick as a book. And uh, just a reminder to not make the most complex things seem very simple because sometimes they're just not. Got you. So one thing I want to bring up is I always say one thing and then I bring up another thing. One of the things that I want to bring up is you've, you've spent the majority of your career in 
that you're in right now with, with Gwen Elliott, majority of your career in that field. But throughout that, you know, you were also working full time. Like, how do you, how do you balance the two? Yes. So at Shopify, we are encouraged to have entrepreneurial endeavors if we want. And Toby, our founder, says that he wants 80% of our creative hours with Shopify and 20% to do with what you want. Now, the way I'm able to run a business and have a full-time job, I have to be fully transparent. Number one, I don't have any kids and I am kind of self-sufficient. So I, I'm not like, there's not certain people who are directly dependent on me. Um, and I can kind of do my own thing. And I'm also, I work way too much. That's actually the short answer. Just way too much. I need to work less. <laughs> um, but uh, I really feel like, uh, honestly, it's a work in progress. That's the truth. There's some weeks where I look at the calendar and think, wow, why did I say yes to so many things? And then mm-hmm. there's some weeks where I think, oh my God, I think I've got this. So uh, if you have any tips, let me know because <laughs> I am working on it. I can definitely relate. I can definitely relate. One tip that I will recommend though is um, I really like, I don't know if you know Cal Newport. Mm-hmm. I've yes. heard of him, yes. Yeah, so he, he has a book called, he has a few books, but the books that really stick with me is Digital Minimalism. It just talks about um, how technology is useful, but we, we let it consume us, right? And he gives you strategies on how to use it strictly for one purpose and use it only for that and maximize it for that and then use that extra time to really be sufficient. Then he has another book called Deep Work, which talks about really ho- focusing on one task with zero, dis- with zero distraction so that you can be 100% efficient on that task. Um, and he's also coming out with a planner in November. So he's definitely someone you should check out that can really leverage your time and maximize your time and, and yeah, possibly provide you a solution. Uh, literally, that's an incredible tip. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Um, one other thing I just realized I got to say that's helped is I work with a lot of different uh, freelance freelancers, people that help me do great work. And I found that I only hire A plus players. I'll pay them whatever they ask. When they're good, I want to work with you. The speed, the quality um, is amazing. I'm definitely that person that wants to pay people exactly what they ask for and what value, for the value that they bring. And I've just found that, you know, like if you're trying to hire somebody and you're like, oh, they could maybe work because I'm under pressure. It's like, I really try to avoid just trying to fill in gaps with people who aren't quite right. Um, so that's another thing that's really helped me is finding those A-plus people. Got you. Now, with the resurgence of business, majority of it just being done online now, you know, more than any point in time throughout the history of humanity, where do you see the future of online courses, workshops, and even just content in general? Yes. So I, I saw an article from Forbes. I don't know if you saw this or saw it on my site, but the e-learning industry is projected to be a $325 billion industry by 2025. And that stat came out before 2020. So I can only imagine we're probably getting up to like 500 billion. Like it's just going to be massive. And also e-commerce is is massive. Um, 
And so where it predicts, I kind of feel like for a while, the idea was everyone should have a book. I feel like everyone should have a course. Everyone should have a great product, a course that they can sell and, and um, teach people and also make some extra money for themselves. So I'm out here trying to help everyone make their course. Uh, and, oh, I would just add to, to ever, anyone listening, if you're like, oh, wow, you know, she's an e-learning and e-commerce, good for her. Uh, I'd like to, to share with everyone that I made this transition into these spaces because I did work in TV and noticed that my industry was changing so much. Hmm. And I thought, uh-oh, <laughs> I went to school for radio and television. Those two things are not as important as they were 10 years ago. So whatever industry you're in right now, just, just do a reality check with yourself. Where's it going? Is it good? <laughs> is it growing or is it dying? And try and find a way to do a pivot uh, and get into another industry that's massively growing and save yourself a headache five years down the road. 100% agree. 100% agree. And it, I mean, even with podcasts right now, right? Like, I mean, I, I honestly don't even listen. I don't listen to the radio anymore. I get in my car. It's either an audio book or a podcast. That's it. I, I like to call my car a library. As soon as I get into it, it's just a library that I'm entering. And most other people my age and that I find that are growing up in today's day and age, they don't listen to the radio anymore. I can't I literally can't tell you the last time I listened to the radio. I don't even remember. Didn't you have DJ starting from scratch on your show? I did. I did. Is he, is he still on the radio? I haven't listened to that episode yet. Uh, well, that one, that one was a while back. That, that episode was like in 2018, I believe, that I did it with, with DJ starting from scratch. I'm not sure. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I know. I mean, he's always DJing, right? So I'm sure he... I don't know if he's consistently on the radio, but I'm sure he still is to some capacity. I was, I literally listened to the radio at 5 PM because of him. Yes. <laughs> That's the so, probably the last time I listened to the radio was with like a mix or something like that at five or, you know how they do those mixes. Yep. Yeah. I mean, so it's interesting. Someone like him, it, it's trying to figure out, okay, so the, the new generation is not really listening to the radio like that how does he pivot and figure out can he get into podcasts what like youtube i don't know but it's yeah we're all we're all trying to figure it out i think it's the bottom line but he's great shout out to dj starting from scratch <laughs> yeah now that i even think about it on instagram i know he's uh, been on twitch a lot mm, so he's been, he's been doing a lot of you know uh, sessions on twitch and people have have been loving it and he's he's been riding that through the whole pandemic and i think that's gonna be his his lane right now. So he does it like every weekend or twice a week or something like that. That's so cool. It, it's honestly, it's, it can be easier than ever to make money online, but it's also, yeah, challenging to figure out what's the right platform for me. What's the right course I should make. Uh, and I feel like some of the most successful people that I follow, they didn't just come out of the gate and crush it with their million dollar course. They put something out, Maybe it worked, maybe it didn't, maybe, you know, you keep launching and learning. And that's what I've been doing for years. I started with an ebook that sold like two copies that I spent way too much money on and uh, that didn't work. And I just kept 
trying something new until I figured out, oh, there's like a lot of opportunity in online courses. Okay, I'm going to stay here for a while. <laughs> nice. So what's next for Gwen? Space. I'm going to space. No, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, I, I'm you never make... know these days, you know. You never know these days. <laughs> That's true. That's absolutely true. I'll make the first course in space. That's what's next. Um, honestly, I, I feel like very excited to keep making courses with Shopify and in my own business, I'm really starting to attract some pretty exciting people, people like New York Times bestselling authors and experts who I'm like, how did they find me? They're just finding me and saying, hey, I need a course. And so working on helping them make courses. And my dream is also to have my own course about courses and uh, just got to create some space and time to do it. So that's my other dream is make the course about courses. I love it. I love it. This is a purpose round where entrepreneurs, creatives, and social impactors are asked a series of questions that highlight their true purpose. Welcome to the purpose round where we ask the right questions that really bring out the purpose behind our entrepreneurs and their journey. So Gwen, what is your purpose? My purpose is to enjoy life. Here for a short time, gotta enjoy it, and hopefully inspire and help others to enjoy life as well. Powerful. What's your morning routine like? Hydrate, meditate, appreciate, go for a walk. Cool. And you... I seen on Instagram and I, I don't know if this was you, you do like, are you, do you do karate or something like that? I, so correct me if I'm wrong. I'm probably, I'm probably saying the wrong type of martial arts, but do you do something no, of that nature? You're right. And that brings back fond memories because for years before 2020, I was doing Krav Maga, which is an Israeli martial art that's really focused on self-defense. And yeah, I went up and got my black belt in it. And, uh, so if anyone attacks me on the street, watch out. <laughs> Gwen, I seen that video and I, I wasn't sure if it was you. I just had to ask. I don't want no problems, eh? I don't want any problems <laughs> with you at all. I'm good. Please. I'm good. Oh, I don't want any problems. <laughs> it, it's actually, I feel like it's so powerful for anyone to take something like this because you never know, you know, you're walking down the street. Someone's like, hey, actually, if somebody asks for your wallet, give them your wallet. Don't try and be a tough guy. Just... Sure, that's all replaceable, but you know, if somebody's got a gun or a knife and they're trying to take you somewhere, nah, we gotta know some skills to get out of that one. So everyone Google Krav Maga, maybe you know, some of the, the ladies listening, women's self-defense, check it out, learn it. I love it. I definitely wanna get a black belt. That's, that's definitely on my list. If you could have a conversation with one person living or dead, who would it be and why? Okay, so I would love to talk to Chris Jenner, aka the matriarch of the Kardashian family, because I feel like she has lived a very interesting life. I just have questions. Like, let's yeah. just, you know, let's just discuss. I have so many questions building empires, raising a family, navigating through tough times. Chris? One day we'll have a discussion. 
I'm I'm sure she would have a like I'm sure they would have she would have a lot of stories. I'm sure. I'm sure. Even in one day, if I asked if I asked her what she did yesterday, it would probably be more <laughs> exciting than it would probably be wild and blow my mind. So she just seems like a very interesting person. What was your most impactful moment and what did you learn from it? When I think about this question, I think it was the time that my dad got laid off. He worked in a factory in my hometown of Beaverton pretty much my whole life. And I kind of looked at him as like an invincible figure, like, oh yeah, he's, you know, got a job. He's, you know, but it was during the 2009 recession and then got the call that he got laid off. And I just, I think something inside me broke about what, like life is not, life is full of random stuff that happens and you got to figure out how to deal. But yeah, it was just like shattered something in my mind and kind of reminded me of why it's important to be entrepreneurial because if you have a full-time job, it's not guaranteed. But yeah, if you're an entrepreneur, also not guaranteed success. So I think that's why I'm hustling with two hustles right now. Got you. If you had to build a business from the ground up with only $100, how would you leverage that? Okay. I would create an e-learning business. I'd create an online course. Um, though, with a hundred bucks. That's a surprise. <laughs> is it? Uh, actually, so we got a hundred bucks though. You know, if you're, so what I would do is do a live training program. I would use Zoom and hey, we don't have to spend a dime. We can use the free version. Use Zoom uh, to do the training. I would use Thinkific for a free option to host all of the, the video content on their learning management system. I would use email to market and then maybe I'd spend the hundred bucks on, um, oh, and I'd use Canva for the design. Maybe I get a Canva Pro account for $16.99 Canadian. Yes. Yeah. And then I might spend the rest of the money on running some Facebook ads to help promote it. Facebook, Instagram ads to help promote some kind of lead generator I'd make on Canva. Got you. What's the best advice you've ever received? I, I think, okay, the, what comes to mind right away, especially for this year, is slow down and appreciate the small things. Feels like there's a lot of urgency, I find, in day-to-day life. So, I, yeah, just, just appreciate life and slow down is what comes to mind. Okay. And tell us something that you think is true about business that most people wouldn't agree with you on. I would say get aligned first, then work hard. Uh, alignment to me just means in a good place, feeling good before you start working. Instead of crush it, work hard, grind until you're exhausted and burnt out. It's like, well, go for a walk, come back, get aligned, and then start working. All right. And is there any last piece of value you want to leave with our listeners? The piece of value is create your online course. Thank me later. (laughs) All right. Gwen, appreciate you coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me, Kobe. I honestly haven't had anyone like talk to me about my early past life in a while. And so you're really, you know, digging up some, dusting off some memories. So thank you. No worries. And you know, I actually forgot one question that I I do want to ask you because I feel like you've read a lot of books. What would you say are your top three most influential books? Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. 
I don't know if you follow David Goggins. He's a former uh, Navy SEAL, uh, just the ultimate badass, number one badass on planet Earth. His book is insane. If you feel like you need to get mentally tough, can't hurt me, David Goggins, get it. Uh, the Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up by Marie Kondo. It's I'm reading that book. right now. I'm reading it right now, actually. Yes. Her folding method it's is, is superior. Book. Her folding method is superior. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I mean, she is so inspirational. She is such a teacher. She has such a simple concept, keep things in your life that spark joy. And she's built a massive empire. And she is inspiration, unbelievable. I can't, I can't even say enough about her. And then an amazing book by Elaine Welteroth called More Than Enough. Elaine was the youngest, um, youngest editor-in-chief of Teen Vogue, of a Condé Nast, like, Vogue kind of publication. And she's a Black woman that, you know, has been through it, especially in the media world, but she is just killing it. And she kind of wrote an autobiography when she's in her 30s, and it's, it's amazing. All right. Again, thank you, Gwen, for coming on the show. Really, really appreciate it. And thank you, Purposeful Story family, for listening to the Purposeful Story podcast. And remember, live every day with purpose so all your actions are clear. Talk soon. This episode was brought to you by my senior editor, Podcast Doc. And the beats were created by DJ Nana. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. All it does is drive more listeners to the podcast as we continue to share more purposeful stories to your eardrums. Thanks again for listening. Talk soon.